Hi, and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. Today's uh, scripture is uh, being done by a very elderly person. Uh, it's our granddaughter, uh, Olivia, and uh, we had talked about her doing it in person, and then a schedule came up, schedule conflict came up, and she needed to be back in, near her home. She and her, her parents, our daughter and son-in-law, and her two brothers uh, live about a mile from us. And uh, my wife and I have had the privilege of being in their home this weekend because their parents are doing a sabbatical weekend in Leavenworth, Washington. So um, here we go relative to following, following, that's the key word in this scripture. Ready, go. So while Olivia is <laughs> waiting to uh, come on, uh, the second scripture, third scripture, uh, which she is not reading, is uh, from the book of Acts, uh, chapter 2. And last week, we spoke about what is the church out of Matthew 16. And that's where Jesus defined it when he said to Peter, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. That is upon the rock of everyone like you and me who confess Jesus as Lord So the story in the New Testament about the church continues in Acts, where it says the first century knew, N-E-W, knew Jesus' followers, about 3,000 of them were baptized. And then they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship with other disciples. They had meals and prayer together. And everyone at the many wonders and signs performed. All, this says so much about the church then and now, all the Jesus believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone in need. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God 
And the Lord added to their number those who were coming to faith in Jesus. Okay, looks like we're ready. Get set. Okay, let, let's let's uh, do this, Brent. Um, <clears throat> take her back to the beginning after her introduction, and they say the communication is ninety-three percent body language, seven <laughs> percent words. Okay, so <clears throat> she is going to give an intro of herself, and then. Her first one will be from Math, uh, uh, Psalms 25. And I'm going to read it, and then I want you to watch the body language. It says, and this is a prayer, um, so useful. Lord, every day has many decisions. Please show me to follow. Teach me how you want me to live. Paths. Teach me. Okay. The next one is when Jesus calls Levi, the tax collector, to follow him. Watch the body language. They were walking along, and he saw Levi. He pointed to him. Levi was a wealthy tax collector. She was using a $20 bill for him. got up and he left his tax collecting stand behind and he followed Jesus. Those are the three passages for today. Thank you, Olivia. We are good at reading body language, aren't we? Yes. What did you say? I didn't hear you. Lord, we ask that uh, you would uh, direct us in our steps and our path as we uh, seek to follow you during this time. And we pray these things in your name. 
Amen. Well, we can I be heard without the mic? Yeah. Okay, great. Push it to the back. Push it to the back. Push it to the back. There you go. Okay. Um, just a bit about where we have been. Um, the 27th of June was the transition Sunday. And we talked then about sabbaticals. And that was when Pastor James was being launched off by you all in his sabbatical. Then we came to July 4th and we talked about what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom of God in the midst of being U.S. citizens. And then last week we talked about, the scripture talked about what is the church, as I mentioned already. Today I'm inviting us to get back on the sabbatical track, the idea that you and I might go on a sabbatical jointly, figuratively speaking, with your Pastor James. Now sabbatical really deals with time and that's why I had this cartoon enclosed in your outline. So the kid says, <clears throat> I need more time. Unlimited minutes are just not enough. <laughs> well, time is, is a really, really hot topic. We are looking at time. Ooh, what time is it? Yeah. Mm. I only have that many minutes left here. We're looking at time all the time. Now, there's another cartoon, and it shows Stonehenge. You know, they discovered the big rock columns. And it was from there that they figured out how they could tell time because of the shadows of the sun that had up. And so the cartoon says, these, these ancient people discovering it said, well, now that we know how to set, uh, tell time, let's set deadline. <laughs> Okay, that's all under the heading of time. My other, <laughs> we all have many experiences of time. My other interesting one with time is when I was pastor at, at Trinity in, um, in Anchorage, we were asked to send a short-term missions team to help support another Presbyterian church, 200 miles. Okay, sounds like time's up. <laughs> about rolls. Almost did. Yeah, almost up. No distractions here. Just to... <laughs> so we were asked to send a short-term team to a Presbyterian church, 200 miles north of the Arctic Circle, called Anatovic Pass, and this village of about 800 people, they had been for two or three millennia nomadic caribou hunters. Try to grasp that. <laughs> well, regarding time, our group of about 15 high school, college students, etc. I remember staying the first night in the high school 
And I got up about 3, 3 a.m. to use the men's room. And I looked out the window at 3 a.m. and what did I see? A full-fledged soccer game going home last. And as we got to know the people there, they said they basically throw away their watches, the clocks, because there's sunlight all the time. And then, of course, when winter comes, that changes a bit when there's not sunlight. But that's, that's all under the heading of time. So I'm putting the subject of time out because we're talking about a sabbatical. And in that word is the word Sabbath. And that's in regards to time. So it says, you shall remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Now, one of my <clears throat> fun surprises is that I was digging around in Pastor James' bookshelf. Don't tell him I did that, but you know, it's our secret. Digging around his bookshelf, and this book fell out, and it's called Keeping the Sabbath Holy. Okay, yeah, you know, we've all heard that. Wrong, wrong, that's not what it says. Keeping the Sabbath holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. Well, when I read a book, I really mark it up and I turn the page, and I turn the corners of the page, and this, I'm not through with it, but this has been really engaging about time. <laughs> One of the illustrations that Marva, Marva Dawn, the author, gives is when the pilgrims, when the pilgrims were making their way from the Midwest to Oregon, there were the horses and the buggies and so forth making their way. And they came, it's historically verified, they came to a place where the whole group of them began to say, well, you know, winter's coming soon. And we better hurry up and get out there to Oregon, or we might get stuck with the winter. And so maybe we should work all seven days of the week and keep going. So they had a discussion. Do we abandon the Sabbath and keep all of us? And so they said, okay, those of you that want to keep the Sabbath, you know, you can be here. Those that want to work every day straight through all the time, you can be here. Ready, get set, go. And they took off for the West. Now the interesting thing about the study is guess who got to the West first? Got a guess? Yeah. Those who kept the Sabbath got there first. And, and part of that was just the, the sense of Rest, restoration, peace, direction that occurred in that use of time to do the Sabbath. So my 
invitation for you, and it applies to me. I've already started on this trip. Is for you to get on a sabbatical relative to doing a pilgrimage. Now, you know, a pilgrimage is where you start, you know, you know, it might go from here to the parking lot, or it might go from here to the Midwest. But traditionally, pilgrimages have been that, that action of going somewhere in order to connect with the Lord better. Going somewhere. So Psalms 25, it was read this morning. Lord, show me the path to take. There are so many different directions. Show me the path to take. And then the second part of that, and I have found this to be so helpful, even this week. And that is not only, God, this is a new day. There'll be many decisions I have to make, like you. Show me which path. And then the second one was <clears throat> Jesus saw Levi at his tax collecting stand and he said, follow me. And, and part of this Sabbath pilgrimage experience is, okay, you, you and I, we have to get from here to there to there today. To ask Jesus to come alongside. And what would it be like for us to follow him through the day? That's part of the idea that is behind keeping the Sabbath, doing a sabbatical, doing a pilgrimage. Uh, just a, just a, a few references to pilgrimages that you might know. You may have been on one. <clears throat> one of them is the Camino de Santiago. And it goes virtually all the way through Spain, north and south. And have you done it? Maybe there is here. Okay. And, and it has destinations along the way and, and places for you to stop, rest, and Focus on the Lord. A pilgrimage. I've had several kind of pilgrimages. One of them that still makes me laugh, but was very effective, is that uh, when I was college and youth pastor at First Presbyterian Fresno, we, we wanted to do something that summer that would really be invigorating and emboldening for high school students and spiritually strengthening. So we came up with a kind of pilgrimage for high school students on bikes. And it was only a short distance. It was only 500 miles. And we left from, <coughs> from Fresno and rode our bikes over to the coast, Santa Cruz, and down the coast to Paso Robles, and then back to Fresno. And our goal was to get back and walk into worship at 11 a.m. on the next Sunday morning. 
And many years we were able to do that. Now here's the pilgrimage part. As we looked at how do we grow spiritually as a result of this, our group decided that we would ask that everyone, all the students and all the adults, that we would say, in order to get dinner this evening, you have to ride the route and be able to say to the people at the dinner plate this particular scripture. So every day we gave them a card. So, and there was a scripture on it for them to memorize. Because when you're riding a bike, you're looking a lot like this at the handlebars. We taped it on the handlebars. <laughs> including my own. And at the end of the day, for dinner, had to say it. Well, that's under the heading of Sabbath, pilgrimage, having, taking time to have focused attention on what the Lord might be saying. For me, another place where I had a chance to do a pilgrimage is we led another group in a Holy Land tour trip. And so we decided to walk, make it a pilgrimage, walk the route from Jerusalem and have prayer stops along the way. I remember that's the route Jesus referred to when he told the story of the good Samaritan. Someone was walking along and the thieves beat him up, left him half dead on that route from Jerusalem to Jericho. And as we literally walked that, we went, oh, You see, that's a pilgrimage. It was a pilgrimage for us. And so, as you are looking at this week and wanting to identify and, in a sense, walk with James as sabbatical, in the back of your, back of your outline, I have steps to help you make that work. It's called, you can join Pastor James as you do your sabbatical, even from your backyard. So number one, make Psalm 118 verse 24 <clears throat> central for your waking hours. This one knocks me out of the ballpark. It says, this is the day today, March, uh, March, yeah, right, uh, July, <laughs> you see time, huh? huh? July, July 16th, 17th, 18th, whichever. This is the day that God has made. 
And the scripture says, rejoice, celebrate, live it to the fullest. That's the paraphrase. I find that to be so renewing as I awake in the morning. Wow. Look at this big gift that's right here waiting for me. So I invite you to take Psalm 118, 24. And then number two, start your day with a quiet time. So much noise, so much noise. Oh, what am I going to do next? I got this, I got this, you know. And as a, as a new believer out of atheism in college, I was instructed about a quiet time with the scriptures and with prayer. And wow, it was so formative. So the scripture, Psalm 119, Wow. And this really grabbed me as a teenager. First time I'd read a Bible. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you, my Lord and my salvation. Whoa, that goes deep. Again, that's part of the pilgrimage uh, sabbatical idea. Number three. Yeah. Think of your day that's ahead today, and what would it look like if this Jesus was walking beside you and mentally engaging in that? It's, uh, <clears throat> it's also traditionally called the peripatetic, and that's where two people are sent out to walk from here to there, and they are to learn from each other about a particular topic inviting Jesus to come. And then, next to the last one, do a silent retreat. Get to a place where you can hear the silence. Hear the birds singing. And that event of silence is so formative because outside our head and inside our head there's all this noise going on about what to do next and last night as I was with our grandchildren and I was putting our twin grandsons Asher and Creighton they're age nine putting them to bed and we're reading stories I read the story of Jesus healing the lepers. You know, we can't grasp what a terrible disease that was. But, you know, if you want to be a social outcast and everyone ignore you, well, get leprosy. Tons of zits all over your body. And, blah, blah, blah. and so it tells in the scriptures so many times when Jesus went he healed lepers. What a life that would have been if you got healed from ah, leprosy. The key.
key thing, or another key thing in that is that the scripture in the one we read last night said that after he had healed all these lepers and all the crowds were around listening to him, he went on to a quiet sleep. He prayed. What a model. What a model. And so in terms of keeping that model of a Sabbath, a sabbatical pilgrimage, doing the quiet is a way. And then finally, um, in your neighborhood, in the neighborhood where I live, there's lots of trails and sometimes I, I just stop in the middle of the day and I go for a prayer walk. And yeah, I listen to the birds and, and the bees and so on. It's all out there, but it's a chance to be quiet before the Lord. Okay, I want you to have a chance to engage with one another. In the end of your outline here, these options about doing a joint sabbatical, about a, a pilgrimage. I've listed some. Would you make groups of, let's do three, okay? Groups of three, hold your chairs, groups of three. Which one of these options gets your, gets your attention and you'd like to do? And uh, we'll, uh, speaking of time, we'll give it uh, four minutes. Ready? Get set, go, groups of three.